All right, well, tonight let's go to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We're going to continue on uh, speaking on spiritual warfare that is going on and that is completely real. And I'm going to tell you right now, I think this message here, uh, boy, if we could follow it, if this is something we could spread to other people, it would help them so much. And I hope I hope this passage of Scripture too will help you to understand just what we're up against and what we're fighting against and how the devil really works and what he's using. And so let's go ahead and before we get too much into this, let's read 1 Corinthians chapter 10. We'll start in verse 3 and just go to verse 5. And it says, And all did eat the same spiritual meat, and all did drink the same spiritual... No, that's... I did 1 Corinthians. I think we're in 2 Corinthians. 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Yeah, 2 Corinthians. I'm sorry. I wrote down 1 Corinthians. For though we walk in the flesh, we do not war after the flesh. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. I want you to notice that first verse there where this is, it reminds us what we talked about last week. We said last week we talked about how we wrestle not against flesh and blood. Okay, we're not fighting people. This isn't a battle with flesh and blood. You know, we are not going to solve any problems in our church by beating anybody up physically, by killing anybody physically, that's not going to solve our problems because the flesh and blood that you see uh, sitting here, the flesh and blood even that you see out there, they're not the problem. The problem that we're, that we're up against, it is a spiritual problem. And the truth is, if we were just fighting against flesh and blood, we would be in big trouble because we're greatly outnumbered, aren't we? There's people out there that we might have to, that we might be battling against that they might be a lot bigger and stronger than we are. And so if it's a battle against flesh and blood, we're really in big trouble. But we're at the same but we know it's not a battle against flesh and blood. This is a spiritual battle, and I think if we would realize that, I mean really, you know, you take me and you know, the toughest person you know, Chuck Norris, Alright, so somebody like that. Alright, well I'm in big trouble, aren't I? Okay, I mean Chuck Norris will roundhouse kick me in the face one time and I'm done. Okay? Uh, you know, not much of a contest there. When we think flesh and blood and a physical battle, so yeah, and we probably you know, we can usually predict the outcome pretty quick. But at the same time, if we would realize it's a spiritual battle, if we have the Holy Spirit on our side, if we have the Lord on our side, well, it's really no contest no matter who we're up against, is it? Because, I mean, who is the most powerful one out there other than Christ? Well, that would be Satan. But his power pales in comparison to Christ. And yet, many times we think we can't win these battles because we're focusing on the flesh and blood once again. And the Bible says here that the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. But they're mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. We're reminded in this passage that the battle that we're in, it's, it's spiritual. There, I mean, there literally is a battle that takes place. And this battle that is taking place that we're up against, a spiritual battle, it is a battle that's in our minds. And listen, just because something is in your mind doesn't mean that it's not real. 
Uh, one of the things that I, I like to say to people sometimes that's not very comforting is, you know, when they're having a headache, I'll say things like, it's all in your head. <laughs> and and uh, it's true, but it's not real comforting. You know, not real comforting, is it? But listen, there are some things that are just because something is in somebody's head and is somebody's mind does not mean that it, there's not a real problem there that can be that can be going on. And the truth is, before anyone sins in the flesh, there's always a battle that was that took place and was lost in the mind. Proverbs chapter twenty three. Verse 6, you don't have to turn there, but it says, Eat thou not the bread of him that hath an evil eye, neither thou desire his dainty meats. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Eat and drink, saith he to thee, but his heart is not with thee. As man thinketh in his heart, so is he. There's, there's a battle that's going on in the minds of people today. When we try to witness to people, there literally, there's a spiritual battle that's going on. A battle that's, that's going on in their mind, that is real. Listen, we could go and we could we could twist somebody's arm. We could get them in here. We could torture them. We could waterboard them. And we could do whatever we want to do to make them say a prayer. To make them say that they believe in Jesus Christ. But if it, they don't really believe it in their mind, I don't care what we do to them physically, it's not going to do a bit of good. I mean, it's not going to do one bit of good. That's why we don't make people... We can't make people get saved. We can't make people turn their lives around. We can't beat them into submission. We've got to change their mind on some things. And the truth is, if we could control somebody's thoughts, we could control their actions. I mean, think about it. If you could control what somebody thinks, you could control their actions. I mean, me, if I could control your mind, I could. if I could put... A certain thing in somebody's mind, I can make every one of you just boom, get up and take off running. All I would have to do is convince you in your mind that a bomb was about to go off in here in 30 seconds. And you are. You're going you're gonna to get up. If I could convince you in your mind that this place was going to explode in 30 seconds, you all would just get up and take off running. By me, even if there wasn't a bomb here. If I just convinced you in the mind, it's going to affect your behavior. It's going to get you to do what I want to see you do. You know, terrorists, one of the things they like to do, they like to terrorize people. They like to cause fear and panic. They want, they want, to, they want to spread fear. And the truth is, where is that fear? That, well, it's mostly in people's minds. I mean, you think about on 9-11. Was any of us in Illinois in any kind of danger? No, nothing happened in Illinois. They didn't plan anything to happen in Illinois. But were people in Illinois fearful? Yeah, there were. I remember in Bloomington, somebody, I remember that caused panic because they jacked the gas prices up to $4 a gallon, which we never even, that was apocalypse, you know, back then, you know, which now we're, we've been there. We've been there and surpassed that. Thankfully, we're not there now. But I remember, I, thought, I, I remember fear going through my heart when I went to the gas station. It was a dollar seventy nine on nine eleven. I remember panicking. I'm like, we're in trouble. <laughs> this is bad. And but they did. And you know what? It's never been the same since then. I mean, the truth is, I mean, what they what happened on nine eleven. I mean, the terrorists won that battle. They not just because of the people they killed. But because of the fear that started. I mean, you think about the amount of uh, 
power that the government has increased during that time. All the spying and things that are going on. Why? Because of fear. What's actually been going on? Nothing. Not really anything, but yet fear, it created a lot of things. When Satan got Eve to believe a lie, she did what he wanted to do, didn't she? At first, she's arguing with him. No, we're not supposed to eat of that fruit. But once he convinced her, he, when he said, ye shall not surely die, but you'll be like gods. And when she believed the serpent, the Bible says she was deceived. Satan wanted her to take that fruit, but Satan couldn't control her physically. He couldn't grab her hand, make her take it, and force that fruit down her throat. He had to trick her in the mind. And once she believed him, she did what Satan wanted her to do. And so, what Bible says here in this passage we're reading, it says, casting down imaginations. Um, or in verse 4 it says, uh, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Tonight, I want to talk about pulling down strongholds. Strongholds, that's something, uh, a stronghold. Anybody here ever been to Stronghold Castle? Uh, it's in Oregon, Illinois. It's, it's a pretty neat place. Uh, it's a small castle. But, uh, you know, Stronghold is the name of it. Castles are many times strongholds. They had walls. They had protection. It was very hard for uh, the enemy to get to to win a battle when they were in their stronghold. It was a place of safety and protection. But you know what? The devil sometimes, he has strongholds that are in people's minds. And we've got to learn how to break those things down. Sometimes there's strongholds in our own minds that we've got to tear down if we're going to have any victory. If we're, if, if we're believing a lie, and really that's what a stronghold is here in this passage, a stronghold is a lie that we believe. A lie that you believe can be a stronghold and it's, it's there in your mind. It's real. And we'll see here how it can affect really just about everything. Go to John chapter 8 and verse 43. John chapter 8, verse 43. Jesus is talking here and He says, Why do ye not understand My speech? Even because ye cannot hear My word. He said, You don't understand what I'm saying to you. And he asks him this question, you know, why don't you understand it? And then he answers it, because you cannot hear my word. When he said you cannot hear, it wasn't because they were hard of hearing. It was just because they weren't able to take it. They weren't, they weren't able to receive it. And there was a reason for that. In verse 44 it says, Ye are of your father, the devil, and the lust of your father ye will do. He was a murderer from the beginning and abode not in the truth because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own, for he is a liar and the father of it. You know why the people wouldn't listen to Jesus? Because they believed a lie. They believed something else. So they couldn't believe Jesus. Well, where do all lies come from? They come from the devil. So I made the lie up. Well, you got it, you got it from the devil. You had help. Devil, he is a liar. He's the father of it. There is no truth in him. And I'm telling you right now, anytime somebody believes a lie, we've got to understand that lie came from the devil. Anytime somebody tells a lie, that lie came from the devil. And many times there's people, they can't, they can't receive what we're preaching here. They can't receive what's in this Bible. When they read it, they don't get it. They don't understand it. They just can't accept it. And there's a reason for that. It's not because 
they're illiterate and they can't read and they don't understand English, it's because they believe a lie. There's something else that they already believe. There's a stronghold in their mind. And until that stronghold gets broken down, we can preach till we're blue in the face and it's just it's not going to do any good. They're not going to understand it. We can talk till we're blue in the face and we can get angry and we can call them stubborn, but we've got to understand that there's this is a spiritual battle. They have a spiritual stronghold in their mind that has come from a lie. Where do these lies come from? Well, some lies are lies that people have just imagined. It says casting down imaginations. Casting down imaginations. How many times have we thought something that wasn't true and that thing that we thought it did, it affected our behavior. It affected what we did. You know, there's people today that will leave a church or they, maybe they've been out of church for years because they imagined that the pastor didn't like them. They imagined that somebody else in the church didn't like them. You know, they imagined... Some people even think that God God doesn't like them. They go through a difficulty in their life. They think God wasn't fair to them. Is that true? That's a lie. But they believe it, don't they? And that belief affects their behavior. That belief will get them out of church. If somebody comes in here today, you know, Brother Lonnie's here today, and maybe, you know, Brother Manaz had a bad day. And Brother Manaz is kind of grumpy and you know, he maybe set you know is a little short with Brother Lonnie. Brother Lonnie starts saying, man, Brother Menez doesn't like me. You know, I, I don't really want to go to a church where people don't like me. And you know, the, But the truth is, that's not it. Brother Menez is having a bad day. But if Brother Lonnie believes that people in the church don't like him, if, that, if the devil can get that in his mind, then there's a very good chance he can get him out of this church. And that happens all the time. Well, the people in that they'll say, you know, people in that church, uh, you know, they're they're judgmental. The people in that church, they're this, they're that. The people in that church, they think they're better than everybody else. Is that true? No, but they think it is. The devil's convinced them of that. All the people in that church are all a bunch of hypocrites, and it doesn't. Ha- and whether it's true or not, if they believe it, that will stop them from doing what they're supposed to do. The devil's got them to believe a lie, and it's something that they just completely imagined. And I've seen that with people. They come to church. They've got a bad attitude. They think everybody in the church hates them. They think everybody's against them. And it's not true. It's absolutely not true. And you can you find out sometimes later that they thought this and they were they were convinced that you hated them and you can try to tell them, but it doesn't matter. In their mind, you hate them. And you can apologize. You can tell them you're sorry. You can sign an affidavit saying I do not hate you and it doesn't matter. Until that stronghold gets pulled down, they're going to believe that you hate them. A lie that they just imagined. And Bible says we've got to cast down those imaginations. We've got to make sure that what we believe is really true. So, you know, it's sad how many people believe that God doesn't love them. There's people who believe that maybe God loves other people better than He loves them. People that believe that God has shortchanged them. And that's not true. There, and listen, there's gonna, we're, you know, the devil, he's going to put thoughts in your mind. And the truth is, if we were honest, we've probably all been there before where we thought, you know what, God's not being fair. But the truth is, is God not ever fair? Well, no, He's not. 
but people think it all the time. Where does that come from? That comes from the devil. That is a, that's a spiritual problem. And if he can get you to believe that, boy, he's going to affect a lot of things. So there's lies that we've imagined. There's lies that we've been told. Okay, sometimes people tell lies. There's people sitting in churches today that they are being lied to about a certain doctrine. And therefore, it's causing them to go against the Scriptures. And the problem is, they believe that lie. Sometimes the person telling the lie believes the lie. But that lie, because they believe it, maybe it was something passed down to them. Hey, well, you know, this was, this, it's a, maybe it's a traditional thing. A lot of religions are real big into tradition. And it just gets passed down, and people believe it. That's what they were told. It's what they've been taught all their life. And it affects what they do. You, it's hard to convince some people that getting to heaven is not of works. Why? Because they've been told that lie so many times. They've heard it so many times. And they believe it. Lies that they've been told. And we've got, we've got to learn to separate ourselves from those things. And we're going to talk about how to do that in a little bit. But you know what? There's another lie that people, kind of lie that people accept, is just lies that they want to believe. You know, sometimes people, they will go to a church and they're really, when they come, I've seen this before, they come because maybe somebody talked them into it, but they are looking for an excuse to not have to come back. They are. They're looking for something. And they, they told themselves before they walked into that church that that church is judgmental and they're all hypocrites and if I go to that church, they're going to look down on me and they're going to hate me. I've seen that with people. They told themselves that before they even walked in the church. And they come walking in the church. And in their mind, they're they're wanting to be rejected. Because they don't want to come back. Sometimes they will even do things on purpose. Just to... uh, I've seen that where it's like they're trying to cause people to reject them. You know why? Because that's what they want to believe. They want to believe that they're okay, and so they, they don't want to have to go back. And some people, they do. They just want to believe things. They want to believe that going to heaven is through good works. They want to believe that. that many of the uh, false religions, especially in the charismatic church, the, a lot of the false things that are being taught, these preachers, man, they're slick. They know what people want to hear. And that's exactly what they preach all the time. Exactly what people want to hear. I mean, they're good. A lot of these guys, I mean, they're nothing, they're nothing but salesmen. They walk, they know these people, they know what they want to hear, they know what they want, and that's what they tell them. And most people, they, they just believe what they want to believe. If they wanted to believe in Santa Claus, they believe in Santa Claus. If people believe what they want to believe, but if it's a lie, and they've convinced themselves it's true. That's a stronghold that needs to be torn out. If we're going to see somebody saved, if they've got that stronghold in their mind that's told, that where they believe that going to heaven is your good works outweighing your bad, that's got to be torn out. If somebody has accepted that stronghold, if that stronghold's been built up in their mind that there's ways to heaven other than through Jesus Christ, we've got to tear that down. That wall or that stronghold has got to be torn down if they're going to be saved. And it's not an easy thing. And it is a spiritual battle. And people, they, they believe, they, they're believing lies. Casting down imaginations. 
And any, and Bible says there in Second uh, Corinthians ten, it says, and any high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, any high thing, that's anything that we allow to overrule what the Bible says. That's another stronghold that we've got to get rid of. Any high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God. Many people today, when you try to witness to them, it what it is, is it is a battle against the Word of God and their opinion. That's all there is to it. They think they're good enough to get to heaven. That, okay, and you can ask them, well, what do you base that on? Oh, well, I've never killed anybody. I've never, you know, I've never stolen anything. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a good person. I'm nice to other people. I've given to charities. Okay, all right. And you're, you're convinced you're going to heaven through that? All right, well, can you show me in the Bible where it tells you that that will get you into heaven? And they're not even going to try to show you in the Bible. You know why? Because they've already exalted their opinion above the Word of God. And that's a stronghold. If you're going to win them over, you, that's got to be torn out. People got to understand our opinions mean absolutely nothing. What the Word of God says is true. It's many people, their religion and tradition. How do you know you're going to heaven? Well, I did the seven sacraments. I got baptized when I was a baby. I took the communion. I did the confirmation. I mean, they'll name off all these religious practices and religious traditions that they've done. And you can say, all right, can you show me in the Bible where that will get you to heaven? They can't do it. They won't even try to do it. You know what they're doing? They're exalting their religion. They're exalting their church above the knowledge of God. That is a stronghold that's got to be torn down. Some people, they will allow an experience. And, they, and their experience will trump the Word of God. You, know, you, you can tell them, hey, God can hear your prayers. And you know what they'll do? They'll tell you about a time that they prayed and their prayer didn't get answered. And because of that experience, they will say that prayer doesn't work. Doesn't matter what the Bible says about prayer. They don't believe it works because of an experience that they had. And and experiences too. I mean, that gets people to believe all kinds of things. Listen, there's people that believe that they've been abducted by aliens. They do. They really believe it. You know, down south, I mean, everybody down there, they've all been abducted by aliens or they've all seen a UFO if you ask them. And I tell you what, you know, you start looking into these stories, and I think probably ninety to hundred percent of the time there's alcohol or some kind of drug involved. And but you know what? And listen, you know, you get drunk, you do drugs, you're going to have some experiences. Okay, you're going to have some experiences, and you might just see some things, but it doesn't mean those things are real. But boy, you try to convince those people it's not. You could try to convince those people there's not aliens or whatever, and it it doesn't matter what the Bible says, they had an experience. You go talk to somebody who's spoken tongues, and good luck trying to convince them that that's not being filled with the Holy Ghost. They spoke in tongues. They passed out. They got slain in the Spirit. Benny Hinn blew in their face and healed them. And you go and try to convince those people otherwise, it's really hard. Because they had that experience, but our experiences can't, are not supposed to trump the Word of God. The Bible says, casting down imaginations or any high thing. 
And the truth is, there's people sitting in churches all over America today that they hear things preached all the time. They know what the right answer is supposed to be, but in their hearts, they really don't believe it. And many times because of experiences or because of just an opinion. They know, even even in this church, this morning, you know, we had everybody quote that verse. You know, ask and it shall be given to you. Seek and you shall find. Knock and it shall be opened to you. And even though I don't think anybody in their mind was saying that doesn't work, we prove every day whether we believe that or not by whether or not we do pray. And whether or not we do ask God to answer our prayers. And many times because of maybe a past experience where God didn't answer our prayers, we believe that prayer doesn't work. We believe that God is unfair to us. And that is a lie. But and if somebody believes it, it is. It's going to make things very difficult for them. It's going to make things very difficult for them to move on. We're, we're in a battle for people's minds today. And I'm telling you, what we're up against, it is difficult. But the Bible says the weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. Okay, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. So how do we pull these strongholds down? How do we defeat them? Well, the Bible says right here, it says, with the weapons of our warfare. Okay? Now, let me ask you, what's our, what is the weapon of our warfare? What do we have to fight this? Can we, is it, maybe we've got to, you know, what we just need to do, we need to upgrade around here. You know, these, these old hymns, this old style that we use, it's not working. You know what? Just somebody standing up here, you know, reading the Bible, expounding from the Bible, that's not going to work. You know, we need to get some cool visual effects. You know, we got to do some neat video things with the fancy graphics and uh, with some really neat music and, uh, you know, those kind of, that, that will win them over. If we could put on a good enough presentation, that would, that would win people over. That would help to tear down those strongholds. Well, that, is, that what, is that what we're talking about? What is the weapons of our warfare? Well, the truth is, I only see really one weapon that we have. And that is in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 17, where it talks about taking on the whole armor. We've got really two weapons, I guess. Or, yeah, two weapons. And the one, it says there in verse 17, and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. This is real. This, and in verse 18, it says, praying always with all prayer and supplication. We've got two weapons. That's the Word of God and prayer. That's it. The Word of God and prayer. The weapons of our warfare, they're not carnal. Okay, well, it's carnal. That, well, that's fleshly. And you know what? What is it? I mean, in ch- churches today, more and more of them are getting caught up in a lot of this goofy carnal stuff that is not working. Okay, we're going the wrong direction as a whole in churches. We're, you know, more, fewer and fewer people are going to church. And what is it that everybody's using today? We're, I was talking about it this afternoon. Me and Cassandra were talking about it. And one thing that's real big in churches, okay, and I'm not even going to tell you that these things are bad. Okay, they're not bad, but um, you know, it's all this you know community stuff, helping the needy, and you know, companies. All right, companies do this. Okay, now like Walmart. Okay, our 
uh, distribution center here in Sterling, they've given a lot of money to the community uh, this past year. Uh, they're going to be getting this humanitarian award, a, a, a governor's award. They're, some of them are going out to the governor's mansion, and they're getting this big award for the whole state. What they're doing as a company, I believe that is a very good thing. I'm not putting that down one bit. But at the same time, we're talking about, is it really charity? Because 90% of the time that stuff's going on, they're snapping pictures, aren't they? The newspaper's involved. And really, what is that? It's advertising. It's advertising. Let's just be honest. That's what it is. It's not bad. It's not bad for a company to advertise. That's normal. That's good. That's, that's part of it. And a lot of churches, it's like that's all they do anymore. They do all these community things. You know, they want to go and like, you know, they, they give out the food. They give out, they give out the water. And all the things that they do supposedly to reach the lost, they're always doing it with a camera. They've got people snapping pictures of all of it. They're tweeting all these community things they're doing. They're Facebook and all these wonderful things they're doing for the community. Is that charity or is that advertising? Okay, that's advertising. And you know, it's like the one that wins is the one who does the most giveaways. That's, that's not spiritual at all. That's, that's carnal. Okay, we, and listen, we do some of that stuff. It's not, it's not bad to do that. But the truth is, we're not really going to change anybody's lives with that. Listen, we, we do things around here, you know, where we have, you know, we have the meals and things. And we, get, we get a lot of people to come. Well, that's food. Hey, that's a fleshly thing, isn't it? There's nothing wrong with feeding people. There's nothing wrong with eating. But that's fleshly. Okay, that's not really helping them spiritually. And the truth is, what most churches are using today to spread the message or to build their church are carnal things. And that that's not going to help. That doesn't change people's minds. That doesn't change their heart. It's the Word of God. The sword of the Spirit. That is the weapons. And prayer. Those are the weapons of our warfare. We have got to learn how to use these things. And we've got to learn how to take that sword of the Spirit. The Bible says it's quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. You know, piercing to the dividing of sunder of the joints of marrow. And it is a thought. Uh, it, uh, is a discerner of the thoughts. And test the hearts. I, don't th- I think I NIV'd that a little bit. But uh, it does. It knows people's thoughts. And if we can use that Word of God, we've got to use the sword of the Spirit to break down those strongholds. We've got to use prayer to just you know, ask, beg God, beg the Holy Spirit to come and break that stronghold down those people's lives. Lord, they believe a lie. Dear God, please show them the truth. And then you've got to use God's Word to show them the truth. And if we can change their minds... We can change our behavior. If somebody believes that doing good is what gets them to heaven, we've got to change their mind. And if we can change their mind to where they believe that Jesus Christ is the way to heaven, well, what does the Bible say? Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Well, they're going to get saved if we change their mind on that. If they get saved, the Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away, behold, all things are become new. If they get saved, then that's going to change their behavior. That's going to change the path that they're on in life. And so what we've got to be trying to do is we've got to learn how to, we've got to understand what we're up against. 
And we need to use the weapons that Satan, he's using. He's using lies all the time to change people's minds. And you know, boy, he, he's got a lot of help. I mean, you look at 99% of what's going across the television. 99% of what's on the internet. People being lied to all the time. Just, I mean, constant garbage being shoved down our throat through the news media, through television shows, convincing people that things are okay. Convincing people that abominations are normal. And people are watching that all the time. And they, they're believing it. It's, they're changing their mind. And the truth is, what we, all we have is the Word of God and prayer. I don't think it's going to be, well, we've got to start making more Christian movies. You know, from what I understand, these Christian movies aren't really helping the cause too much. I haven't seen the new Noah movie, but from what I've been told, there's more of an environmental message to that than a message of, you know, repentance and God's judgment. You know, I don't think that helped that much. Okay, you know, I remember, I remember when The Passion of the Christ came out. Uh, I remember people, oh, this is, this is going to change people's lives. And this is going to, so many people are going to come to Christ because of this movie. And it's like, if they're not going to believe the Word of God, they're not going to believe a movie. I remember watching the news one time, and there was this Christian lady on there all excited about the Chronicles of Narnia. Because that, she believed, so many people, or thousands, were going to come to Christ through that movie. And I saw it. I didn't get it. Where people were going to come to Christ through that movie? Uh, not at all. That's. I, I don't think. God, I don't think one person got saved because of the Chronicles of Narnia. I, I really don't. It's the Word of God that God uses. That's what's going to change people's minds. You know, all these things are just. They're trying to make Christianity, you know, appear hip and trendy, and that's going to change people. No, we need to start promoting the Word of God. We need to start sharing the Word of God. We need to use prayer. Because the world, they're believing lies. And we've got to go after them one person at a time. We've got to go after our friends and neighbors or co-workers. And we've got to try to share the truth of the Scripture. And when they don't listen, when they don't agree with you, don't take it personal. If they, if they mock you, if they get obnoxious with you, understand that, hey, we're not fighting flesh and blood. This can't become about me versus you. This is a spirit problem. They have a stronghold that Satan has put in their mind. And it needs to be tore down. There may be somebody here, you've got a stronghold in your mind. Maybe there's something that you're just convinced is not true, that the Bible says is true. You believed, you believed a lie. That lie will control your behavior. It will cause you to do things that you shouldn't do. And you've got to ask God, Lord, help me pull down any stronghold that is in my mind. Whatever it is, Lord, reveal it to me. There, there may be some you don't. Some people who believe a lie don't know they believe a lie. Okay, understand? That's the whole point of them believing a lie. They believe it's truth. So something's got to reveal that stronghold. There, they've got. We've got somehow got to show the truth. And for us as Christians, that can be us too. We can have strongholds in our mind, and we've got to ask God, say, Lord, and be honest, say, Lord, if there is a stronghold. In my mind, if there's a stronghold in my life, dear Lord, help me see what it is. Help me to recognize that, you know, you know, have your Holy Spirit show me that lie that I believe. And dear God, help me to break it down. 
Show me through your word. That's why we've got to be in the scriptures. Because you know what? There might be a stronghold in our mind. If we read something it's like, wait a minute. I don't believe that. We cannot allow that. We cannot exalt that above the knowledge of God. We've got to learn to, to just cast those things down. It's like, you know, I, I, I'm just not seeing this. I'm just not seeing this. But you know what? I'm not going to let it affect my behavior. I'm just... I'm, going to, I'm just going to trust God and ask, ask Him to help you with that. We've got to get rid of those strongholds. They, are, they, they defeat people all the time. People, they get out of church, they get out of the will of God because they believe a lie. That's all there is to it. And it's, it's not because they're any dumber than anybody else. It's, there's a stronghold in their mind. And we've got to ask God to help us, to, to help them, to tear those things down. And it's the weapons of our warfare that do that. The Bible says they're mighty through God. Think, how can we do, how can we compete against Hollywood and the news media? Do you really think that crowd can beat the Word of God in prayer? If you do, I believe there's a there's a stronghold right there in your mind to think that the Word of God can't beat Rachel Maddow. Or, you know, <laughs> one of these people. Uh, I, that, I tell you, you don't think much of the Word of God. You don't think much of prayer. If you think Anderson Cooper is more of an influence than the Holy Spirit of God, and we've got to under, we've got to we've got to accept that. We've got to believe it. And if you don't ask God, Lord, help me pull that stronghold down. I'm not I'm not using the Word of God because Lord, I think we I think your Word can't compete against the Hollywood crowd. Just just you know, admit it. If you see, if there's something in the Bible and you don't believe it, admit it to God and ask Him to help you pull that stronghold down. And that's where we can have victory and that's where we can be more effective. We, we have some mighty weapons. We might as well start using them. I'm telling you right now because let me tell you, there are plenty of people around here with a lot of strongholds in their mind. Let's use these weapons and start breaking these things down. Let's break them down in our minds first, and then let's go and break them down in the minds of other people. Con- convince people of the truth. They they believe a lie. Be compassionate towards them. Don't take it personal. This is a spiritual battle. They just believe a lie. Everybody wants to be right. Everybody thinks that they're what they're doing is right and truth, but it's not always the case. So we've got to say, Lord, not strike them down. Lord, strike down that stronghold in their minds. So with that, let's all stand together.